0: Amigos is a proud member of the Throwback Network, your home for quality retro podcasts. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Dowdy and John Bodokar Schaller.
1: What was that? It's my breath. My God! I so, where I'd look over and you'd be going, This! <laughs> what's, what's happening? <laughs>
0: No more of that water for you. It's making me do weird things. No kidding. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today we're going to be talking about the Settlers. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, But before we get into the Settlers, Aaron, you have a couple news items to get to, right?
1: Yeah, we'll just kick it off this week with a couple little tidbits. Uh, And these are sort of of local interest, but we've got some people in here that might go to this, so you never know. So, I've been... uh, Neglecting mentioning that our local favorite con, or one of the two favorites we've got, is coming up in just a matter of weeks. And that's Korg's Con. You remember Korg's, bro? I remember
0: Korg's. Columbia,
1: the Columbia. It's from Columbia Columbia Broadcasting System. We're all flying down to (laughs) Columbia. No, it's the uh, uh, Columbus uh, Retro Gaming Group's yearly con. I usually catch this thing uh, every year. Uh, This year it is June 2nd. Uh, from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. at the McCoy Center in Hilliard, Ohio. Uh, it looks like it's going to be a good time. The usual suspects. Every year I tell myself, I'm not coming back to this. But inevitably I go back because I can't help myself. And this year I've got uh, uh, I've gotten into the uh, vintage computer world a little more than I've oh, been yeah. in the past. And so last year I saw uh, some old Ataris, and I believe I saw uh, uh, a couple... Japanese exclusive systems there, like I think a fellow had a uh, what was a Sharp sixty eight thousand or one of those systems. So there's, if I could get that stuff for sale, and I'll tell you, a couple years ago, uh, uh, I'm kicking myself because they had some guy was selling the crap out of Famicom's, and I was like, man, Famicom, who'd want to buy one of those? And now I sort of kind of want one. Oh so. yeah, I'd
0: love to have a Famicom. <clears throat>
1: so and it was just imagine if you see an SG one thousand up there.
0: Or a grandstand.
1: I would buy an SG-1000 like that. Although we can play all the SG-1000 stuff. I... You know, I don't know how the uh, the Genesis, I guess it uses the same hardware as the SG, but I'm not sure about that. You know, because the Master System is sort of in the Genesis, but I don't know about that. Is the Master System made up of the SG-1000 to a certain I don't degree think in? so, because
0: I don't think they ever released a converter or anything for to play SG-1000 games on the Master System. I think
1: system. they will. Pl- I think it will play them, though. I think. I'll have to look into that. I'm not sure about mm-hmm. that. One thing's for sure, there won't be any Amiga stuff at Korgs <laughs> unless we bring it. <laughs> I've been there now for several years and I don't think I've, I'm you if I've ever seen Seen anything for the Amiga? It's such a rare item in the states that it's just—it's not something that pops up that much. Uh, But uh, I I almost guarantee you. In fact, I'll make a vow right here: if I see any Amiga stuff that I will buy it, no matter what it is. So if my luck, it'll be the stupidest. What's the stupidest thing you can buy for the Amiga? It'll be a copy of Top Banana. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Man, we display that with (laughs) pride. We could burn that once we got hold of it. (laughs) The first-person pinball. What's which one's worse? Oh, Top Banana. No, I think First Person Pinball's worse because Top Banana, there's a top game... Top Banana is a
0: front to God, man.
1: Well, Top Banana is more annoying. Yes. But, but I mean, it, because it continually makes that horrible noise. <laughs> right. And you the know? game continuously,
0: like, destroys your eyeballs. And I will say, uh, First Person Pinball did try to be innovative. Right. There are... There are That's, um, That's a tough call. There are interesting things about First Person Pinball. The game's not good, but it's no Top Banana. Yeah, you're, yeah. well, I mean, Top Banana is...
1: There is a game there that you could play first person on there is no game I don't think you can play anything there so anyway Korgs if you're in the area uh, and you think you might want to go like drop me a line uh, and uh, maybe we could hook up or go together uh, I don't think are you are you planning on going to when Korgs what's the date of Korgs June 2nd June 2nd it's a Saturday June 2nd I'm going to go down man, maybe
0: so I might be into it and, uh, uh, and and mess around and see what I can find so it should, it should be a good time so if you're into it drop me a line Uh, Another upcoming event coming up soon is, um, let's see, it's... Nightbot has banned this guy for some unknown reason, so I've got a chat check. Yeah, I mean during the show, you're (laughs) also the chat administrator, uh, right? Master (laughs) Um, Andy Davis uh, has uh, delivered some news. Vintage Computer Festival East is coming up next weekend, which actually by the time this airs, it will already be over. Oh, bummer! So, um, uh, how was it? uh, It was great. It was at the InfoAge Science Center over in Wall, New Jersey. So hopefully, man, uh, I've heard a lot of good things about that show too. Yeah. Yeah, Oh yeah. Hopefully, uh, Will Williams. and some of the guys in the uh, upper New Englandish, New New Delhi area of uh, America, somewhere far away from West Virginia. Hopefully those guys uh, got up there and, and saw the goodness. I saw some great pictures from uh, Vintage Computing Festival Southeast down in Georgia. Yeah, uh, That looked like a really good time. So that's a really good network of shows here in the States. You know, so a little tidbit. I, I saw this right before I came over. I thought it was neat. Do you remember the
1: uh, episode of the uh, Guru Meditation where they spoke to that lady that was the artist, uh, I think her name was Salmia, uh, I can't remember. Salome. I can't remember. You know what? You remember what I'm talking about? Yeah, I yeah. They actually went out. There's a picture, and they went out and bought that woman an Amiga 1200. Wow! So they actually. That's <laughs> awesome. a picture of the president of the Amiga 1200. I thought that was that was awful sweet of them. Yeah. There. yeah. I, and I don't know where they got it or if they had it in their collection, but now that lady, she can finally have so She finally gets the computer of her dreams to do her
0: art on. So I thought that was that was a nice little bit of news. that start before I came over. <laughs> what else you got, Bo? Um, well, the big news. The big news. Uh, the big news is that Amigathon is back, uh, Amigathon 2018. Uh, I have created the page. This page is gonna be slightly under construction. Um, you can see that I've selected the wrong window here. It's just one of my mini tricks with OBS. <laughs> um, and uh, so as I, as I save this and uh, we go to here, we can see uh, if you go to extralife.org, slash participant slash Amigathon. We have no easy URLs on this show. Lots of slashes. Um, Amigathon 2018 is live. Uh, You can go here and donate. Uh, For every dollar you donate, we will play one... Uh, minutes of your favorite Amiga title. We're going to start at 6:30 in the morning here, which would allow our European listeners to complete the marathon with us at a not so unreasonable time as last year. What time? What time would that be in say the UK? So they're five hours ahead of us. So about 11:30. So that's not yeah, bad. Again. Yeah, yeah, sorry. And um, and so you'll be able to spend the whole whole day with us, watch us play all the Amiga games, and uh, there's going to be some fun uh, stretch goals we're going to have. You can vote for which one of us gets a pie in the face at the end. Uh, and uh, it's it's, it's there's 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 some more surprises to be unveiled too. But uh, go ahead and, and get those donations in early because the time slots are going to fill up quick. Once all time slots are filled, we're going to keep on playing. So as long as the money keeps coming in, we'll keep playing. We want to raise our goal is raise a thousand dollars this year for Children's Miracle Network Hospitals, and uh, I know we can do it because we've got the best community around. The Amiga community is a number one. Yeah, it'll it'll help those Poor sick kids out. It's all. It's a. It's definitely a good. A
1: good uh, outfit to go with. We did pretty good last year. I think we got somewhere near in the ballpark of that. And so hopefully this year we can uh, exceed that in in some way. Uh, um, it'll be interesting to get up at six thirty in the morning. And, and we'll be getting start, up before then. And we're start, kicking and, off at six thirty. Well, trust me, I'll be getting yeah. up at six twenty seven, <laughs> and then staggering over here, and and, and and I may have to be driven. It'll be so early, uh, but. Uh, uh, It'll be interesting to play. I, I don't think I've ever played any computer games that no. <laughs> early in the morning. Not unless you were still up from the night <laughs> yeah, before. Yeah, the only time I can could, I could imagine would be playing something that went all night.
0: But it'll, it'll be fun. Hey, it's good. It's for charity. Have you ever went on one of your big City of Heroes binges? Do you recall the sun coming up as you continued to play? yeah Screaming through the window Sand. of Mud Mountain. And, and EverQuest was another one. The, uh, um, you know,
1: when, I was, when I was much younger and lived at home, I, I don't think I ever stayed up that late to play, but I would be up for bbsing. I would be up that early because mm-hmm. I'd have something cooking. Oh yeah, you know? oh yeah. So there's that. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It should be it should be a good time. So and I want to campaign early, for God's sakes. I'm begging you people. I'm begging you, pay to have him hit with a pie. <laughs> yeah, it, it hurts so bad. And I want him to – he laughed. Oh, he mocked. I'm begging this guy to feel to have Chad
0: come over. And muscle that pie into your face and see what you right. think about it. And it's the same as last year. We'll keep a running tally of the, the totals and it'll just be straight dollars, you know, in your donation. Put, put the game that you want played and put it, who you want hit with the pie. Oh, God. <laughs> I, mean, I can't believe you're bringing that back. Oh. Just to spite me, too. It was the biggest hit of a megathon. Oh, it was That's a big what... hit, all right.
1: <laughs> Good God. I got meringue in my ear from last year. I'm still trying to we- get out of there. Good God. Well, but we didn't have a ton of news this week, so we're going to uh, delve into one of our favorite activities: guess the price game. Oh! And I've picked up here. It is. We've got uh, this was donated uh, way back. This is the uh, AC's guide to Omega. It's, tons of prices and crazy stuff. It's. I love this book. I looked through it all. These the time. are these
0: are these types of catalogs have gone by the wayside in the age yeah. of online, and it's a shame.
1: And so I want to I want to get you a couple uh shots of hardware but i'm actually i've looked up some game prices too i want to get your thoughts on okay now this, about is, that. this is
0: this is a, a u.s based catalog this is a so u.s based dollar prices
1: and we should probably give the year of this thing here uh this was fall now this is perfect by the way this is fall winter of 90 to 91 so we're everything is still in play right and this book this was an expensive item probably 10 buckaroos for this thing uh, so this was not a cheap get back in the day and this was donated to us and I, I honestly I, do you remember who it was that donated I can't remember off the top of my head whoever it was we appreciate it because we, we've gotten a lot of magazines No oh, Robbie this would have been from someone this, yeah, in the US either from,
0: maybe Tapes from the Crypt or maybe I'm trying to think or maybe Will Williams or maybe even John Marshall yeah so it's, it's it's one of our up.
1: US listeners and we appreciate it and uh, heck if it was you drop us a line so we can give you full credit so, but we're gonna start off easy here just as easy as pie all right. okay so we're gonna delve into the into the realm of memory expansion mm, memory. okay memory expansion okay now I'm looking right here as I blindly stare into it because <laughs> I know you're, I'm just getting ready for the mockery so I'm gonna preempt it okay uh, I'm looking here to two meg memory expansion for the amiga 500 all right easy as pie uh, and it also has a hard drive interface on it this is 91 give me your best guess on what it costs two megs that's a that's a that's, a, uh, that's an expansive
0: amount of memory right and there and a hard drive expansion is that like a like a SCSI that's
1: a SCSI yeah, correct
0: yeah I'm gonna guess 149.99. okay wrong <laughs> so very wrong. In
1: 1991, you would be paying 270 bucks. Oh wow, way off. 270 way off. bucks, twice
0: the price. I thought. Well, you know, uh,
1: uh, memory
0: was expensive back then.
1: Absolutely, the day. it absolutely was. Now, um, let's go into a, a, a more of a, a weird accessories here. Let me find something really good. So here is a now. This is something that is very was a, a popular item. The Amy sound. It's a three-and-run peripheral box that gives you a monitor stand, a power center, and a stereo amp. All right. This oh is my just gosh. one. Of those, this is generic as pie. Okay. You know what I'm saying? It's just a. You're really
0: into this pie thing. That's
1: right. Because I like pie. <laughs> All right. So you like pies in the face. Now, so this is, uh, but uh, this is generic. It's, it's not even a plug-in. It's a thing that you set your monitor on. Mm-hmm. That gives you speakers, right? Does it that come with the speakers, supply? or is it just an amp? Comes with the speakers. Uh, it uh, it's uh, uh, simple stuff. How much do you think for
0: this? I'm guessing that that is probably going to be two hundred dollars.
1: <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> it's a hundred bucks. Oh my gosh! bucks. It's just a set of speakers and a stand. But with an amp and everything, I but thought. The, listen. How much the? You ever go to Radio Shack and get those speakers? Come on, man! <laughs> I don't even kidding? know how to respond to that. <laughs> are you kidding me? Okay, now we're going to get some games in here. So I looked through these games, and these games, the prices are kind of wacky, man. Okay, so here I'm, we're going to go a couple you haven't heard of and a couple you have. That's what to gets. Because believe it or not, these game prices sort of vary wildly. Okay, so Shadow of the Beast. Okay, this is ninety-one. You get the uh, and the pitch for this is great. Thirteen levels, high-speed parallax scrolling. Three hundred and fifty
0: screens, Boat. Mm, that's when they used to measure screens as like a statistic. A nine hundred k soundtrack. Wow, how about that? That's and, a lot of. Ks. And hundred and
1: thirty-two different monsters to delight you. God, delight Incl-
0: is a stretching it.
1: Includes original design T-shirt by Roger mm-hmm. Dean. Okay, so what would you pay for this in the U.S.? Forty-nine
0: ninety-nine. You got it almost mm. for the penny. $49.95. The games are what I know. I don't know about speaker stands. I don't know about That's memory. That's pretty
1: good, Boat. I don't have to give you credit on that. So let's try another one of those since you, you nailed that one. I'm, I'm impressed. I'm impressed by that one. I'll give you credit on that one. So let's try another one of your favorites here. Let me see what we got here. Um, let's go with uh, The Bard's Tale. Okay. All right. The Bard's Tale. Okay. Uh, and you, you know the Bard's Tale. You I got do know sound it. effects, music, eighty-five spells. Eighty-five, right? huh? So it's, this is ninety-one. Right? What's the Bard's Tale going for these days? Now, I want to say on a premises that they've got the Bard's Tale two here
0: too. Right. So, and we'll go for that one next. Okay. So this would have been a uh, probably a year too old this at is, this This is a vintage <clears throat> release. I'm going to say thirty bucks. Twenty nine ninety nine. No. Mm.
1: $19. Nineteen ninety-five.
0: Okay, pretty reasonable. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. So, just while we're here, Bard's Tale two. Where do you where do you place that one? I'd say that one is probably twenty-nine. <laughs> sixty bucks. Whoa, sixty bucks. Holy get, cow, that's crazy. How many discs is that? I
1: don't know, man. But it, it's sixty dollars. Sixty dollars bills, man. That's that's it's Bard's Tale grave
0: right there. <gasps>
1: Let's do one more. I think we got time. That's like
0: eight thousand dollars in today's money.
1: It's not eight thousand. I don't know how much it would be today's money, but it wouldn't be that much. Let me find a real winner here, but this
0: diet tonic water is so nasty. Tell those people what you're drinking. This is, I got this. They didn't have seltzer water at Walmart, and so I, 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 I was like, well, tonic water. You know, I like a good gin and tonic. I'll just get, drink some tonic water instead of seltzer water. This stuff, and it, part of it is that it's diet tonic water, so it's got that weird aftertaste with the, uh, with the, with the whatever they use to make it sweet. Um, but man this is it's the worst and i've drank a whole this is a whole liter this is how many calories are in regular water well regular (laughs) tonic water is full of sugar so it's like the same as sprite or something like that but diet tonic water it's calorie free but it's it's nasty i just oh god it's bad
1: okay i got one more here for you you
0: ready for this i'm ready
1: this is an accelerator all right this is the add speed supercharger amiga with this 14.3 megahertz CPU accelerator. All right. Okay. Double. By using a 68,000 and ICD's unique sync switch allows changing speeds on the fly without rebooting the computer. I have one of these, by the way. It's similar. Easy installation involves unplugging the CPU and plugging in ad speed into the socket. Works in all Amiga 68,000 base computers. So what this means is you would it's the old gimmick where you pull out your 68,000, you'd stick this thing in the socket, you'd stick your processor on top. Mm-hmm. 1991 prices, again, this doubles the speed of the 68,000 to 14.3 megahertz. What do you think uh, this is going to run? I'm going to guess 299 <clears throat> 299 not bad, not close. The uh, actual retail price, 349 yeah. So, now, that's, that's we're here's the there. problem with these things since we since it came up, um, a lot of games didn't like them, <laughs> and so they would it
0: would screw things up. So your workbench would run super fast, but then when you well, try no, to load it anything, well, no, some of the games
1: it's... would work, but as and also the, a lot of times it didn't make a difference. That's the, the meek acceleration is a weird business; mm-hmm. it really is. Uh, and but you know, uh, I don't know what it was, but. Uh, I have mine turned off more than I had it turned on.
0: Did um did a lot of Amiga games do the early PC thing where they base their speed off the clock speed of the CPU?
1: You know, I was thinking about that when I was reading that. I, I don't remember ever seeing it go. You know, because the the PC would be crazy fast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the, that happening on the Amiga. I don't, I don't. So I'm guessing that's not how it worked. I think a lot of the reasons that they some stuff would work with them and some stuff wouldn't is just because. There was a lot of programming tricks, or it could be copy protection stuff. You know, the, Like I said, the Amiga was not friendly to wacky peripherals. I mean, no matter how good they were, nothing. there was no peripheral you could ever leave in. Even when I had the Amiga 1000, and I just had a simple 2 meg card on the side, sort of like the one you tried to price earlier, all it did was just memory. It just stuck in the side port, that's all it did. I had to take it out all the time. Mm. I even had one... I got one that had a switch on it that would turn it off. And even sometimes, I'd still have to unplug it.
0: Oh, my gosh. I
1: don't know why. You know, but it, whatever it was, it would sense that it, it was like, we're not buying it. It's, and we're, it's, we're not going to oh, use it. Oh, you know,
0: anything that's third party. You know, the, the designers of the Amiga had no idea that people were going to be building these things. And I'm sure that it, it was it was weird. You know, I should mention before we get into
1: the game uh, this week that I, I don't know what it was I read, but... I had this uncontrollable urge to buy an Amiga 1000. I was dying to have one, and there's one up for sale. Local? No, it was on eBay, and it was a best offer situation, untested the whole nine yards. And I actually made a couple offers on this thing. I'm kicking myself now. I didn't win it, but I almost did. The, what did it end up selling for? It's still it's still available, oh, okay. so there's still the temptation is still there. The, the I think it's when you were talking about the aesthetic of the Amiga One Thousand last week. It it's got the me. Best. I was listening to one our sh- I was listening to one of our old shows that we were talking about, and I was like, man, I do miss that. It, it has it has a great look to it. Mm-hmm. The uh, the dock, the area where you could slide your keyboard mm-hmm. under it. It's just a, it's a gorgeous little unit. And I'd watched the video that we talked about last week about this rejuvenator that the uh, fellow over at Amiga Love is trying to get mass produced. I think uh, we mentioned it last week. His video was up. And uh, I think we mentioned, if we're not, we're mentioning it now. For
0: those that didn't listen, what is the Rejuvenator?
1: Well, what this thing is, he found this old, rare Amiga 1000 um, add-on board that gives the Amiga 1000 a bunch. It basically brings it up to the level of, say, a 500 with some extra memory and some other stuff. It's, It's a nice little addition. And they're apparently a really rare item, and he's... What he's trying to do is get a campaign started to recreate these to sell now. So it'd basically be a, a piece of classic hardware that would be made with new parts. Okay. You know, a complete a complete rerun. Mm-hmm. And he was actually had gone so far as to contact, try to contact the guy that that, that engineered it, I guess, and uh, who he thinks lives up in Columbus. I really. Think, or, and so and he maybe you will see him at courts. And he worked in uh, he worked just outside of uh, Cincinnati. And so he was looking for people to try to help him contact this guy to get some schematics or Mm -hmm. specs on it or whatever. But it got me to thinking about how much I like the 1000. And of all the computers I've had, uh, that one was the one, I mean really the case, it's the most functional. You could set your monitor on it. In a lot Mm -hmm. of ways it's got the smallest footprint. Just because you could put a monitor right. on it, you know
0: that 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 fact cannot be undersold. And
1: I do like the fact that it was the first Amiga. Mm-hmm. It's still mostly functional. Right. I mean, with today's stuff, most a lot of, of the it, games that I'd want to play can run just yeah, fine. Yeah, and on then, it. and it, but, and I love the signature stuff. I mm-hmm. wish they were kind of on the outside yeah. instead of the inside. You yeah. can't really pop the cover off, but just a wax on that. But I've almost bought it. I talked myself out of it finally after you turned down my second offer. But it's it's been on my mind. I don't know why. So. That much said. We should go ahead and get into it, I think, Booster. All right, let's
0: talk about The Settlers.
1: So, The Settlers. Now, I mentioned this last week. I had played the game Settlers of Catan. I know you've
0: played it as well. Mm
1: -hmm. I I remember, do you like that
0: game? I do. do I've never... It's an interesting fact. I've never once played it in person. I've only played it on the 360. Really? Yeah. No kidding. Um, I wonder... It came.
1: I guess that board game came after this video game. What? what I don't know when. Oh, it. Oh yeah, like. I mean, Settlers came out in like in the 2000s. I just have to wonder if there was some inspiration.
0: I don't. Uh, I don't think so.
1: This game. I mean, it does. it Settlers I don't mean is kind game, of a common name. I don't mean gameplay wise, but I mean you're it's a, you're putting you're strategically placing p- people in certain areas to get the certain materials. It, there's some similarities to it. It makes me wonder. That's, okay. that's all I'm saying.
0: Feel free to wonder.
1: So, The Settlers. Uh, this game came out in 93 on three discs. And it was published by an outfit called Blue Bite. As far as I could tell, they were the ones that put it together. Uh, Blue Bite, I, I know them because they actually do my favorite tennis game. Uh, Great Courts 2, which I'm sure you haven't played. Uh, Is that a, So it's good. It's, it's my favorite Amiga tennis game. Wow. I remember it distinctly. I'm sure I've mentioned it before, but I remember all, there was it on my Amiga 1000. Since we were just talking about it, if I didn't have that much memory, and so it would run in black and white. Mm-hmm. And I remember how annoying that was, and of course it was in PAL, so I couldn't see the. Anything past the the back line mm-hmm. on the on the side close to you was so your guy could run past where the screen was. Oh
0: wow!
1: You know, so yeah, same old story. But but I knew them from that game. I was always always a big fan. A big fan. So of your game.
0: favorite tennis game on the Amiga was both black and white. Well, and I unplayable.
1: mean, No, no. You know, it, it, listen, you're making it sound horrible. It, it, in color, it's good. And and in the PAL thing, what are you going to do? Um, i mean, One of the things I mentioned though, it's the same same guy that did the music on that. Did the music on this. So I'll give him props for, for that. Anyway. Um. The uh, this uh, this game actually shipped in, with English and French you can get a French version of mm-hmm. it uh, it was coded by a guy named Volker Werdich and he was responsible for another game called Emerald Mine which I've never played or heard of and uh, the graphics were done by uh, Christoph Warner and Ingo Frick they did a game called Catch 'Em, mm-hmm. which I like and Escape from Tharkin uh, again I've never heard of either one of these um, this game ran on the ECS OCS and had a PC conversion. I get this. Did you read about the PC conversion of this? Mm-mm. The name of this is appalling. I, wonder, I couldn't believe it. the name of this is called Surf City, spelled with an E. Colon, life is
0: futile. Oh my that gosh. The that's the worst. That's that's <laughs> where that's worse than Moonstone, a hard day's night. No, this is much worse. Yeah. Surf city. Oh my god. Life is futile. Uh <laughs> <laughs> that
1: name is hor. That's yeah. a turn off. Turn off name. <laughs> if if you ever heard one, so this again. This this was also sent over to a few more ports. Of course, later on in its life, you got an OS OSX port. I, it's on iOS, Symbian. All right, weird. Um, this game was the first of an of a series of games that came in after the after the original that was quite popular. Uh, that went on. I mean, I looked at all... There was like a ton of these things. I mean, they've had like... I think they're up to like eight or nine
0: or something. Have you ever played any of these games not on the Amiga? Um, I think it was Pixels at Dawn was talking about the Settlers 2 uh no it wasn't on my stream because he wasn't there because i remember he's the one that picked this game but there was somebody in the stream that is that was talking about how settlers 2 on the pc that was the one that they played mostly and they said that it was it was vastly superior in terms of ui well
1: yeah we'll get to that so this game opens up with a, with a cute little video of, of a of a knight coming back from god knows what and, mm-hmm. and it just shows him going through town It's 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 in the Amiga style of animation, it's it looks a cute, very cool. Yeah, I particularly like the the guy, the blacksmith that's pounded on the, the gimmick, as well, as the, the night rides by the window. I think it's cool. He rides up riding into a castle. It's a real cute opening uh, for the game. Uh, and the game, the graphics in this, including simulated lens flares and stuff, they really they really went all out to make this look like an att- an attractive an attractive game. So, but when you boil this down, this is sort of a real time strategy game. But uh, it's not really uh, that like fighting-based real-time strategy. It's more of a it's more of a, a materials-type game, I guess is is the way you would put it. Um, right out of the gate, the first thing you notice is that it, it's a very attractive game. Uh, it's it, they've used a lot of colors. That the the, uh, uh, the ground looks nice. The, the the little buildings are cute. The little people are cool. They they go around. They do the little tasks. They look they look pretty neat, and uh, since you're the master strategist here, why don't you run down the actual gameplay of the of the of the
0: settlers here? Okay, so the way that this game took me a while to grok. Um, to grok. Uh, and <laughs> yeah. uh, it what what made it click for me is I just had to think about it like a game like Starcraft or Warcraft played at the most excruciatingly slow glacial pace you can imagine. Uh, with very comparatively little focus on combat. Now, that makes it sound like I didn't like it. I actually like it quite a bit. I like the slow pace, because the thing that I hate about Warcraft and Starcraft is I'll spend all this time building up this thing and then just within 30 seconds I'll be overrun and the game is over, and that's not what this game is. Um, this game you, you you set up your your resource production um, you know you, you put out your, your your tree cutter your tree planner uh, you've got your stone carver and you start building things uh, you know once you have those raw materials you can start building things um, whenever you whenever you build, you know, you've got your your builders. They come out of the castle and they they start to construct. And these things are not constructed in um, in ten seconds or twenty seconds. It takes minutes. It does for these things to be constructed. So it's of course it's not real time, but it feels a heck of a lot more like real time. And you see the structure being built. You know, you have the wood timbers. They go up first, the frame of the structure, and then it's slowly filled up with stone or whatever. And so it's it's very rewarding when you finally complete this building. You're like, wow, this is a this is a big deal. Yeah. Your
1: castle goes up like at the beginning where you place. I was Mm. like, okay, here we go. I was like, let's plant some buildings.
0: (laughs) No, No. I was like, man, this is it's like construction in real time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, your your workers, unlike you know Starcraft or Warcraft, where you, your builders will just run across the field to wherever you tell them to build, your guys will only travel along roads. They're very scared to go off the path, and so you have to build a path from your castle to wherever whatever building site you, you choose. Um, and you have to you can only build from certain points on on your um, on your road. Uh, now I think that there's a way later on after the stream somebody told me there was a way that you could build roads without having the flags but the way that I played it is I'd have to plan a flag and then branch my road off that that flag point um, and so basically the way the game works is you're, you're able to, as you build resource production uh, things you can build new buildings that do different things and uh, you can build mines where you can get gold to pay the people that live in your village um, you know, they're mostly done, used to pay the military. Uh, you actually send a prospector up into the hills to, to, to tell you what resource you have so you make sure you build the right mine there. Um, and the, the economic system in this game is very deep in terms of you know, the, the, the way, the, the order in which you have to produce resources to get other resources. Um, the combat in this game is based off your military buildings your military buildings house different degrees of fighters. So there's there's different forms of knights. There's mounted knights. There's captains. There's your normal run-of-the-mill knight. Um, and what you do is, in order to engage in combat, you have your knight leave his his structure. You go over to the next town over. You find their military structure, and you click on it, and the knight will slowly amble over to that military structure <laughs> yeah. and attack whoever is living in it. Um, It's very rock, paper, scissors based combat. If you have a knight of the same class it's more luck based but if you're going up against a higher knight you're going to be screwed he's going to beat you every time um, if you win that battle uh, several adjacent structures to that military building catch on fire, fire.
1: Yes. and you your
0: your territory expands into that that territory which was which was where that the military building was so the idea is to win the game you have to destroy all of the military buildings of your opponent it's fun to watch the little guys run around at their yeah <laughs> they're, they're acting like their house back, is on fire. Back to the castle, on yeah. their bone. <laughs> so that's that's the game in a nutshell. Um, so playing the game, this game is inscrutable. Even with the directions, the directions don't do a good job of explaining. They they lay out all the concepts of the game, but they don't do it in a way that makes sense to your modern reader. I suppose if you were playing this game coming at it fresh in the early '90s, and you were more you were you you grew up on cryptic instruction manuals, you probably had an easier time. But you know the the downfall of so many of these games that were asked to play on Amigos is that there, there are these games. Who's who have concepts in modern games, but without any of the things that make modern games easy to jump into. The biggest fault of this game is that there is no text in the game. Uh, you're you're entirely dependent on the reference card that comes with the game and the um the instruction book so you're constantly having to refer you know flip back and forth and again this is something that was totally normal back in the day but when you're used to playing modern games it's very aggravating i will say god bless the person that i don't
1: remember who it was that posted this in our discord yeah a little card because i i I had no idea what was going on i mean you're right i mean i think they did this for the purposes of, of uh Distributed to other countries, right? That's you know, sort of that. that that's something you see when they
0: have something going to be multilingual. Absolutely, yeah. I'm sure that that was a big part of it. And you see that with board games all the time. too, yeah, whenever absolutely. they're shipping something to other other countries, um, and that's why I just have Jamie explain all the board games to me because I can't <laughs> uh, yeah, figure out. Yeah, we needed Jamie to come down for this one. Yeah, um, and so um, that's 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 basically you know the the game. Somebody that is an expert at this game could probably go on for hours and hours yeah, about this, the ins and outs of it.
1: This is a tough game to grasp in, in the amount of time we had to look at look at it. I, I struggled mightily. You're more familiar with these the real-time strategy games than I am. And, and the interface, to me, again, being a neo, uh, new person at this level, was not what I would call intuitive. I had I had a rough time understanding uh, exactly how, what... I mean, I could place buildings and that mm-hmm. sort of thing, but I had trouble... There were things I just didn't understand. And I had to read the instructions a couple times. It was just, I mean, I don't know. I, I didn't grasp it very well.
0: The, the biggest thing, the biggest hindrance to this game is that they didn't put a huge disclaimer on the front that in a normal game, you've got a two-button mouse. And so when you left-click on something, it's usually Move... When you right click on something, it's usually an informational button or it's, it, it opens up more options. Oh, I know what you're talking about, in, the double in, button. In, <laughs> in this game, that's not the case. You have to hold down the right button and then plus press the left button to open up that special menu, which is so stupid because the right button doesn't do anything half the time. I found out about that accidentally. As I sat there, I was like, what am I doing? So that's when I was like, you know, it's time to read the
1: docs on this. Yeah, this, yeah. this isn't a pick up and play game. You yeah. have to sit down and study.
0: And so again, this is probably something that they fixed in Settlers too, and, um, but, I mean, it's just, it, 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 it was, it was infuriating to me that I was having so much trouble just because I didn't get that one, that one concept of the double click. Of course, once you get it, at least you, you know. It, it'd be, yeah, things become a lot, a lot clearer. Um, I really, really like the way that the Settlers are, the way that they look. Uh, they're very well animated for being such a little sprites. They've got a lot of personality, um, you feel bad when they're when your
1: stuff gets blown up or it's right. on fire, they those guys come staggering out. Yeah. In fact, you're like, oh man. Yeah.
0: And, and <laughs> I work, like,
1: the, and the thing is, they worked forever to build that thing. Right. It's like crap. And
0: I like the way you know when they're carrying timber out to the site. You know, you see them hauling it on there. Just like you got your own little workforce out there. It's it's cool. When they drop off money to pay the knights, they actually walk up to the you know to a certain point to the flag and drop the money off, and it's picked up by somebody else. So all that stuff is really cool. I think that this game was definitely ahead of its time in terms of the scope of the game. It probably, you know, set the stage for so many things to follow. I think the original Warcraft probably came out maybe three or four years after this. And I know that it they borrowed things from it because it's just it's just so groundbreaking.
1: It's it's incredibly it seems incredibly deep. Mm -hmm. It's it's scarily. It's there's a scary amount of stuff to do. I mean just the mining aspect of it. There's a lot of stuff going on there. Then you've got you've got a you know, there's a lot of economics, I guess, to it,
0: again, beyond my ability to understand. And everything is displayed in graph form, which instead of numbers, and that added another layer of complexity because I just have a hard time reading graphs. I was never good at that in school. And so I I couldn't understand the different color-coded lines and things. And I'm sure, again, you know, the, the documentation spells it all out. But unless you really pour over that thing, I... I liken this back in the day when I would get you know you go to the mall with your parents because I couldn't drive and and you you buy a computer game and it comes with this big thick manual and you're like yes because the rest of the time when you're waiting on your mom at pennies or whatever you crack that Rid, thing open and yeah. you absorb the whole thing in the car on the way home so by the time you get home you're ready well with this you know with this game I didn't have the, that that free that free time to to go really pour through it and memorize all these things I
1: printed the manual out I I, I after I, I struggled. For my first night of trying, and I was like, "Okay, let's go back and print out the manual." I remember we tried to play this one time; we couldn't even get past the copy protection. Yeah. You remember that? Mm-hmm. That was what was a while back. Uh, so I, I was happy to at least get into the game yeah, and play it. Yeah. And, and but uh, um, even if I had a good grasp of the of the rules, RTS stuff is, uh, as I've said many times, is not a not an area I delve into that much. So. Uh, you take what i say about it with a grain of salt. that but that's it i liked i liked i liked the depth to a certain degree and and, and, and i like the pace you know mm. again this is another game that's kind of slow yeah. and it's the pace of it is nice i like the bit of, i like the scenery i like the fact that you can i like the area you have to work with you know it, it they do a good job of like replicating in my what my mind's eye would perceive that this would look like and be like it's some kind of pastoral setting you know I like that stuff. I like the animation of the little guys. Mm-hmm. They look they looked cool. You know, it's again, I like the trust me when the, the first time that uh, uh, one of my guys got defeated and the buildings went up in flames, I was like, "Ah!" That hmm. <laughs> <I> was, app- <laughs> was shocked and alarmed. <laughs> so they did a good job with that. I mean, there's a lot going on here, but I don't feel like uh, a week for me anyway, was enough to where I could get my head wrapped around it in, in its entirety. Yeah. And I've heard that the two-player of this is outstanding, which I didn't get to try that either. Uh, but I, that's apparently that's where a lot of the fun of this game lies is, is, is adding a second player. And you can sort of see where that would happen. Right, you right. Know, this game's definitely made for a, a two-player uh, element. You know, So I could see where it'd be a lot more fun with two people. And this might be one worth to, to try when we do some two-player episodes down the line Yeah. Uh, after a little more play time. This is why, I mean... I think I could get this. I was getting there. I was getting where I, could, I had a, an idea of what the hell I was doing. But it it would it's gonna take some more play to get there. Yeah, uh,
0: Pixels, who's in the chat room right now, he 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 makes a an apt comparison. I found this to be very similar to Civilization when we played Civ on this, where the 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 first Civilization game is was much more difficult for me to grasp than jumping into something like Civilization four, where so many of the hints and tips and things were directly on screen. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, the,
1: the difference I actually grew up playing Civ One, so that I had a little bit better understanding because I mm-hmm. haven't played it before. But I don't. I think this is more complex than Civ. Yeah, I don't even. Do you think this got an NTSC release? Well, it got a DOS release. So I'm. But I don't. I. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I. It would. It would surprise me. Mm. Let's just put it that way. And I, I will say, um, let me see my eBay. Now I will take that back. I did find discs in the U.S. that were available. So we're going to assume that those were NTSC discs. They don't normally sell the PAL discs over here. Right. So, I guess it did get one. Uh, Again, the DOS version, that that name is so bad, I don't know what they were thinking, and I've never heard of that. So I'm guessing the DOS version was a nothing happening version. So so I guess the popularity of it overseas, because I've heard of the Settlers series Mm -hmm. before this, so I'm guessing when they released the other versions here, they kept the name and they did better than the first one, because I've never heard of that one. Maybe it was that
0: killer subtitle that really drove the sales. Uh,
1: This thing reviewed pretty well, Boat. as you can imagine, I mean, it's pretty beloved to be honest with you. Uh, Amiga Computing gave it a 93. Amiga Down Under, I like that, 95. Amiga Format, 94. Uh, Amiga Magazine, 9 out of 10. Amiga Power, 88. That's always an outlier, right? Uh, Aiu gave it, or Aui gave it a, uh, a ninety-seven. I mean, these are great scores. CU Amiga ninety. We don't. I don't think this is one of the few games we've ever looked at that had scores of that level. Mm-hmm. And the people in Lemon, again, they're a tough bunch. Eight point six four out of ten. So that's a that's a pretty well-regarded game. Yeah. Uh, I think this was probably. We've come across a couple of these games that were sort of games of their time. I think this is probably one of them where. It's tough to go back now with the interface such as it is, and uh, and years of being catered to, like you said, to go back and play one of these games like this, that where you had. I mean, like if, if you're going to play the old Ultimas, like mm-hmm. Ultima Two or Three, it's the same thing. There's so much more manual, and and you're writing stuff down and doing all this crazy stuff that I'm. I guess we just got lazy. Yeah. Know, I'm guessing. So, uh, but, I guess so. But I know this game still has its followers. That's for sure. Um, I looked this up on eBay and uh, again you can get a disc you can get the discs for seven bucks in the US Uh, and Australia you can get the box for 50 and in UK they're they got them all day long, anywhere between seven and 13 bucks boxed. So, man, I would love to go over to the UK and just load up on games and bring them all home. You get a huge library oh, yeah. over there. Absolutely. I you know? mean, over here, can you remember, I don't know, When was the last time you saw a boxed Amiga game in the store? Or anywhere? I've realize. never seen a
0: boxed Amiga game anywhere.
1: I got that Sim City at, at the uh, store that closed up here in Milton. That's the only time I think I've seen a, any Amiga games for. them. I mean, it's been decades. Mm-hmm. It's, it sucks. Yep, they're We're getting all, screwed, both. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway. Good game, uh, I think. I mean, it seemed like the bones were there for a good game, but I just didn't have enough uh, prowess at this. I know you did a lot better. But overall, it um, uh, one that it certainly needs further delving.
0: Right. Well, we want to thank uh, Amigos Game Selection Committee member, Pixels at Dawn, for, uh, for choosing this game for us this week. Thank you, Pixels. Um, and... Um, if you would like to choose a game for the Amigos to play, all you have to do is head on over to patreon.com slash podcast and sign up for that Amigos Game Selection Committee member tier. Um, I'd like to uh, thank all of our Patreon supporters for, uh, for helping us out here, and I'd like to do it in a very special way. Uh, most weeks we do a competition where I will sing the Patreon names in in a uh, in a style reminiscent of someone else and mm-hmm. if you recognize the song all you have to do is send me an email at John at amigos dot wait a minute nope John at amigos yeah that's right that's all right uh, and um, and I will uh, announce your name as the winner. Um, last week we didn't have a competition because we pre-taped. You, you won um, the competition last week by guessing every single name
1: based on, on the Patreon's first name. That was incredible. Well, I couldn't believe that.
0: Um, and so um, this week, here we go. <clears throat> Dan Rossleaf Kelland Alan Kebab Donald Tyler Leverlord John Marshall Matthew Perron Ricky DeRocher, Creepy Dead Boy, Figgy CTZ, The Slow Norris, Stefan Sargon Martinson, Edvin Helen, Blindo 75, Christopher Hussall, Ravi Abbott. Junker Dunker 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 Tunker Dunker Chris Full Stream Catcher Lauren Giroux Graham, Bebke, Brent outdy Lane Denson Adam Batters B. O'Brien's Retro and Vintage, Gary Huckers C. Brian Jones Paul Harrington Duncan Styles Anthony Jarvis Tip from the Crypt Josh Nanwa Williams Adam Bradley Jonas Rule THT Eric Nelson Kim Tommy Humbert said Daniel Bingson Brutal Darren Cole, Jason Warns, Pixels at Dawn, and your I actually know that one. Good. I had to right. wait for the drum solo, but then I got it. <laughs> all right, and uh, I'd wow. like to remind everybody that we will be recording uh, this coming Friday. At uh, five thirty Eastern time, traffic, we record. Traffic to yeah, we record. <laughs> ARG, our sister show. ARG presents Amigos and Insert Disc Two uh, most Fridays. Uh, and so, make sure you check that little bell box next to the subscription button on YouTube to be notified whenever we're live. You can join the fine folks in the chat room, like Duncan Styles, Pixels at Dawn, Daniel Cordell. Uh, and everybody else, Necronom, Andy Davis, who's listening. Uh, and thank you all so much in the chat room for uh, for joining us, Brutal Barracuda. It's always a party in the chat room with us, and you get to see all the stuff in between the shows, which is sometimes more entertaining <laughs> than the shows Which should never themselves. be released <laughs> to the
1: public. Hey, well, before you sum it up here, also I'd also like to mention that uh, we're... We've got a hard push on. If you have not subscribed to our YouTube channel, we are nearing the 1,000 subscribers mark, and we would love, just as a personal happy moment, to get there. We've got a lot of uh, good and talented people that are putting up uh, some video, and that I don't mean us. I mean some of the mm-hmm. <laughs> your dream catches, your Duncan Styles, your Bro Barracudas, the Huck. All the people that have put up videos for us, Will has put out mm-hmm. some, and we've got—I mean, we've got a lot of contributors. And hey, if you're interested in contributing something to the channel, man, drop us a line. We all—we're always looking. That's right. You know, to add. I mean, it's a—it's really—it's a community YouTube, uh, amiga free-for-all in there, and we—and we would appreciate it if you would give it a look, and if you dig it, you know, drop us a subscribe, and be great.
0: Absolutely, Aaron. Next week. It's mystery game. Mystery game. You know yeah. what that means. We don't know what it is. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so you'll you, you'll find out the same time we do. This oh, time. Yeah. <laughs> this time next week. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Adios. Adios.